This should be good. I was looking forward to this. This should be good, huh? You were looking yeah. forward to this? Yeah. I was dreading yeah. it. Really? Because you nah. didn't play as much? No, nah, I'm I don't care. I'm I'm, I'm cool. I'm chilling. Um, yeah. I'm just hella sleep deprived again, so it's like not good, but that's all right. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're I drank here a, after I drank a big macchiato, so it should kick in like twenty five, thirty minutes in the episode here, then I'll be solid. Perfect. Then I'll yeah, be I've jabbering. had a lot of coffee already today. <laughs> we're here after the uh well, it hasn't after been the, New after Year's the game yet. awards. After yeah. uh, <laughs> we're a little bit af- after what's his from name? The game awards. <laughs> the uh, most significant but, event in gaming history. Yeah, Bill Clinton won Game of the Year. <laughs> that was uh, that was hilarious. Let's give the event its due justice because no one wanted to talk about it after it happened. The yeah, like the kid going up on stage. <laughs> Yeah, it's just funny to me. <laughs> yeah, no one did want to talk about it. He is weird. I did look him up a little bit. I don't understand what his deal is, but that was that was the best thing that's ever happened at a Game Awards, for sure. And for those that somehow don't know, at the very end, during the Game of the Year, handoff to Miyazaki and team for Elden Ring, right after they finished, right after they finished it, they're giving their speech and whatever. Some weird teenager was up there with them that nobody noticed or did anything about. And he jumped on the mic at the very end and just said, I want to give this award to my reformed Orthodox rabbi, Bill Clinton. (laughs) (laughs) And that was it. (laughs) And everybody was confused, (laughs) but it's so I was like, did you notice him in the background? Well, like, I I noticed him standing there. It, it, yeah, it was like, weird because it seemed like all part of the show. Like if you're watching, you don't know who the developer well the developers are I mean, in art. Do you know what I mean? You like you could like infer because everybody up there was Japanese. Yeah, and, yeah. And like I mean, if you just think about it, random like, child in in the in the at the moment, I was just you know it didn't. It didn't register to me that he shouldn't be there. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, I said, I think, even, I, I don't know if it was in our even, chat or what, but I was like, who is this kid? Why is this kid up here? Even after he, like, spoke, it still took a little bit for me to be like, wait, what? What? Everybody was so confused. <laughs> yeah. Like, even the audience. The audience clapped. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's so good. It was the best. It made watching it worth it. <laughs> it was a moment, for sure. I, I was like seriously in tears after like because just reading twitter and people's and reactions and stuff like and that. the memes that immediately came out and then like jeff Keeley tweeted the individual has been arrested yeah like he had <laughs> like, to address it immediately yeah like yeah my, and so, my prestigious award show was contaminated with yeah some some of some random child ruined my very serious award show yeah it's good it was good, good way to good way to start the discussion of game of the year. I I like the like it was a fun award show too actually. Like there was a lot of cool games I think they showed off. I remember like last year probably the last one it wasn't as exciting. I'm sure like we were coming out of the covid um oh thing yeah, where sure. there just like wasn't a lot of, to show. Yeah. And like now it feels like we're getting back on our feet a little bit at least in terms of you know what the industry is putting out there so it was cool i yeah. I, I thought there was a lot of games that looked 
pretty cool. So that's exciting. Yeah, I mean, as usual, it's a good thing for announcements for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's all. That's all I mean. I don't care about the awards really. No, because the only award that matters is the Whiff Punish Games Cast. That's absolutely Game right, award. baby. Yeah, that, what are we, and that's what, what are we golf clapping this year? And that's what we're here for. Uh, nice I'm transition. Nick, joined by AJ Suave to talk about the best year, best games of the year for 2022. Not the best year. Not the best year. I mean, it was a good year generally for me. It, it wasn't a. It wasn't. Nah. For games, you think it wasn't like if I like look high, at, high level, you don't think it was a great year for games? No, not for, not really. Yeah, I think it was like fine. Yeah. 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 Like putting my putting my list together, I was like, I did play a good bit of things that came out this year, but like when we get, you know, we'll go through it. But like the actual like ordering of it super didn't matter that much, you know, because like all of pretty much anything other than like three games, I was like, yeah, I liked these, but they didn't blow me away, you know. Yeah. Let's talk about list structure. How did you How did you do your list? I mean, I figured we can go down 10. Um, okay. I know you said off off air that you don't have yeah, 10. Yeah, so so here's my excuse. I had a child this year. Yeah. <laughs> so like looking like it's funny cuz Steam the they did the cool Steam replay thing. Yeah. Like where they charted your how much games you played. Yeah. Like in the months leading up to my kid being born, like you can see my little bar graphs are high and then I had the mm-hmm. kid in February like March and like my bars are not existent anymore until like yeah. June, July when they come back up. So there's like a whole gap in the middle of the year that I just like didn't really play anything. And um, yeah, I yeah, still, that chart is fun for that reason. Yeah. Yeah. It is cool. I still like didn't get to a, a lot this year um, that I would have liked to have gotten yeah. to. So I kind of like adjusted my list. I just have five games that uh, I think deserve more airtime is, is how I'm going to, do my okay. list because there's some stuff that's probably like if I would have made a list it probably will be on your list anyway that I figured we mm. would just talk about and if it doesn't then I'll just say something but um, sure that's that's how I, I I got it today so so how do you want to do the uh, back and forth um <laughs> for a s- quick sec though do you want to run down what we've been playing or do you think uh, a top ten will uh, um I top mean 10 since will take you, the whole time potentially since you don't have. Yeah, because I don't think it'll eat that much time, really. Okay, well, I guess it would be good because one of them I wanted to to mention. I wanted to like it was going to be an honorable mention anyway. So yeah, yeah, we can talk about a couple things briefly because I have been playing a lot of other stuff, but I don't have much to say except about like two. I only have one game really to mention, so it's it's okay. Um, I. We don't have to spend too much time on this because I think I'm done playing it. I started Days Gone. Okay. Yeah, I'm um, curious. So, uh, I'm, I uh, I do want to play Days Gone eventually. Yeah. So Would you try to talk me out of that? Maybe. Um, <laughs> I think so. Days Gone, uh, I was kind of holding out on playing because it, it did eventually come to PC. And I was like, you know, I'll just, I'll just get it on PC. But... I was in a period of like not being super excited about games for a little bit, and I don't know that I am still, but I didn't know what to play, and Days Gone was free on PlayStation Plus like a year ago or something. And since I have a PS5, it is one of the games that got a free like Upgrade. update. Yeah. So 
I was like, you know what? I'll just check this out because like low investment. I, I if I don't like it, I'll just you know not play it. I don't yeah, really care. Cares. I'm not you know I'm just trying to find something to play, and I would say I'm a little shocked at how janky it is for a first party Sony game. Yeah, and it kind of makes sense that it was in development for so long because clearly they couldn't get some things working right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it and I think it launched in a pretty like poor state if i remember yeah um because i know it needed a bunch of updates and fixes and whatever so like technically i played the best version you can possibly play (laughs) at this point um and we know now actually like somewhat recently that there's never going to be a sequel there was like there was there's some issues at santa monica not not santa monica um bend uh, I think some people left that company after Days Gone, like some of the main creative forces or something. There, there was like disagreements with them, and it was just—it just sounds like it was troubled in general. And you can tell, you can tell playing the game. Yeah. Um, it's uh, I, I, I just keep thinking of it as Last of Us, but in the open world, mm-hmm. because it plays pretty similarly. Yeah. You, do a lot of the same stuff. Um, stealth is pretty similar. Uh, crafting is similar. You're scrounging for stuff to craft all the time. Yeah. Um, you have to manage ammo and whatnot, and you're basically fighting zombies, but they're a little bit more aggressive zombies. Um, and I guess ultimately the only thing I was interested in in that game was the motorcycle. <laughs> Like, I wanted to play that game to just drive a motorcycle around the Pacific Northwest. I thought that was a fun idea. Yeah. Like, because... That was I a can't selling really... point for you. Yeah, like, I can't really think of many games based around being a biker. Yeah. Um. Like, it's been a, it's been flirted with in some things, but, like, you know, that's like a Mad kind world. of... Yeah, and... um. I mean, there was that DLC for GTA 4. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. The like, Hells Angels GTA 4. It's called Lost and Damned, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, And, and like, you go... If you go all the way back to, like, early PC games, there's Full Throttle, which is about being a biker, but... Road Rash? There's not... Yeah, rat, rat, rat. okay, maybe there's a bunch of motorcycle video games. <laughs> I mean, um, we're talking 30 years of games here. So. Yeah, yeah, Road Rash was also, what, 30 years ago? But, yeah. um, so that was really all I wanted to do, and I, I do think the, like riding your bike around and kind of maintaining the bike and upgrading the bike is kind of cool. Like yeah. I loved, I loved riding around in red dead just on the horse and taking care of my horse and becoming friends with my horse and just seeing so your, the scenery. Your steed went to an iron steed, huh? Like you, you Yeah. Went, yes. Were... Yeah. Yeah. But I like what it. days gone ultimately is, is just a lot of busy work. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's really strange. Like the structure of that game is very strange. Like you're just kind of bouncing back and forth between survivor camps doing pretty menial errands for them. Yeah. And trying to like raise their reputation, your reputation with them so you can buy like better guns or motorcycle upgrades or whatever. Yeah. And there is like an overall story about like the outbreak and there's sort of an umbrella corporation situation 
but it, I mean, I've played it probably for like 10 hours and I can't tell you much about that part of it. Yeah. Um, because a lot of the other stuff you're doing takes are precedent just, at the beginning part of the game. Yeah. And, and you kind of just go around to certain locations in the map. It's not a very big map either. Surprisingly. Um, you just go around, clear out an area of some enemies, get a thing and take it back. And I, and yes, that's reductive, but literally that's what you're doing. Yeah. And, and you're like only doing that. Um, as far as I got. And I think that game's really long. It's like 40 hours long. Yeah. So I haven't gone back to it since, uh, you know, we're, this is around Christmas time. We traveled for Christmas and stuff. So like, since we've been home, I haven't like wanted to play it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I might be done. Um, I think the voice acting is really bad. I think the, like I said, it's janky. So there's some like weird gameplay stuff. Like you might not be able to like immediately select a thing that you're trying to select because the camera is not positioned in the right way for you to get the button prompt to pop up. Yeah. And like riding the bike is a little weird and running's weird and shooting's a little weird. And I don't, it's just, there's nothing like special about it. And, and really it just, it just makes, you know, like as much as I'd shit on last of us, like those are really good video games, you know? Yeah. Like they're polished. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Like they're polished. They have good characters. They have good, a good story. Yeah. Like, and days gone is just like, the open world version of that with less polish. With like less everything, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, like I shame. would not yeah, I would not really say it's worth even checking out giving a shot. <laughs> really. I feel like there's like a lot of defenders of that game. That's the thing. Yeah, the thing I mean always, I've heard and, and the honestly, as like lame as it sounds, the open world like scrounging and trying to pull together survival as menial as it sounds does sound kind of like interesting to me in some ways it sort of is because the process of like it like i feel like it works in the open world specifically because it feels like you're taking it's that it's that taking ownership of a space thing yeah yeah where like oh I'm in this spot now, and I know I haven't searched this house because I was full on items, but yeah. now I'm not, and I know there might be stuff there now. So, like, that's cool. Yeah. Like, that is a that is a cool, unique experience that you can only have in an open world where yeah. you're, like, retreading ground and stuff. And I do think the one thing that's neat with that, and it's, like, really smart and obvious, is, like, there's cars everywhere. There's, like, abandoned cars everywhere. Yeah. And, like... You can open up the hood to get scrap metal because yeah. you use that to, like, repair things and upgrade things. And then you can check the trunk and, like, there's probably going to be something in the trunk. And certain things, like a police car, is probably going to have ammo in its trunk, which yeah. anytime you see a police car, like... So there, there is some really neat ideas to that yeah. game. Um, the whole freaker zombie thing, like, where they get into a horde and they, like, rush you and whatever... I didn't really see many examples of that. Yeah, it's probably um, later in the game, I would I would think, but Yeah, I mean, I saw two of them and the way it worked was kind of frustrating. Like again, it was sort of janky and I I don't know. I we don't need to talk about it too much more. 
Um, I could go into that, but like, I wouldn't say the freaker thing. That was like the one yeah, of the it's other not a like. Draw. Yeah, it was it was supposed to be one of the unique features of the game is that they have this like technology where they all gang up and it's like mm-hmm. gigantic numbers of enemies and I I saw like two of them and they weren't that big and the way you dealt with them was like just run away yeah <laughs> so yeah um because you definitely don't have enough resources to just kill all of them mm-hmm. definitely definitely don't. Yeah, so. yeah. Not that kind of game. No. Yeah. No. Well, in terms so. of managing resources, <laughs> I can I can use that to jump to the game that I've been playing lately. It's a fantastic game. I'm really enjoying it. It's Marvel's Midnight Suns. Oh, I thought this was is this part of your list? No, I only got like ten hours in the list, so okay. or in the game, so it felt like I couldn't put it in the list. I'm I don't right. have I've scratched the surface of the game. Yeah. Um, but I do think that my initial 10, it's probably 15 hours. I actually lost five hours on the steam counter, which is weird. I've been playing it. That is weird. It's, I've been playing it at work and like it has to upload to the cloud so I can download like save file. And then Mm -hmm. when I turn off the game uploading to the cloud, I don't know if that takes more bandwidth or than downloading it. But it always doesn't upload. I have to bring the computer home and then and then upload the save file from home. Huh. Okay. And it's something with my cell phone service and using my phone as a hotspot. Like there's just not enough. Oh. There's yeah, that's There's not enough weird, yeah. uh, like service to to get it sure. to work. But so, but like two two times I've done that and it just the play counter just disappeared. Like my hmm. save file's still on there, but it's like not saving the the time that I put in on the little. Um, yeah, play counter and steam. But uh, anyways, Marvel Midnight Suns is is it's really cool. Um, yeah, there's a there's a lot been said I think about the combat, and I th- I think like if you're interested in this game, it's because you either a like for Axis games or b mm-hmm. are interested in Marvel games. I just so happen to be in both those camps, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I do think the the combat's really cool. Um, it's you know, Fraxis typically does XCOM turn based uh, like cover style combat. They kind of wrote that book a little bit, uh, it, from what I understand, the cover based thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like lots of games have kind of used their systems. Like uh, Mario Rabbids is one we we have covered on this show. Um, yeah. But this like completely does away with that. There's no cover anymore, uh, and it and it does a uh, like a turn-based card um, card battling system kind of. I've heard it compared to uh, Slay the Spire. I've never played Slay the Spire, so yeah, it's hard to it's hard for me to make that. The developer, like the lead designer of XCOM and this game, has said he's a fan of Slay the Spire. Okay, so um, so it's like. It's kind of neat how it works. You get like a little combat arena that feels actually very board gamey, kind of. It's just like a flat surface. Um, yeah. You can move anywhere on that surface. There's no like limits to um, where you move. There's like a okay. limit to how many times you move. But um, okay. And then basically, you just you're playing cards. There's resources that you use up to play those cards. And once you're done with those card plays, you have you. The enemy, the enemies go, and then it goes back to you. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so like the whole process of it kind of feels actually like playing Marvel Champions a lot. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, where you're, you know, your your card plays are either attacks or buffs, kind of essentially, or debuffs. And Marvel Champions being the physical card game. Uh, yeah, that was a reference for you, I guess. I'm sorry. Yeah, um, yeah. And uh, so you're really trying to come up with like the best combo every turn. Really, is you go want to make the most out of your turns. Yeah. It's like in comparison to XCOM, which like to me uh, was like a thing where you would kind of plan out like three or four turns ahead and uh-huh. like set your guys up into position to be able to deal with things that happened because they were in a good position. Yeah. Um, this is more of an immediate like, okay. Uh, okay. This is what, cause you don't really see your, your hand until the turn starts. And then once you have the hand, um, then you can kind of make the plays mm-hmm. and like, you might save some resources for the next turn, which you can use, but mostly you're getting a new hand every time. Do you know what I'm saying? Yep. Uh, so that's interesting. Like, I, I don't think there's any, um, it's, it's like, a, it's more rewarding, like immediately, but I don't think there's any lack of depth, which is, is good. They don't sacrifice like the, the really thinky, uh, how can I make the most out of this situation mm-hmm. thing? And, uh, one of the things they added that's a leftover from XCOM, I think was enemy within the one with the bosses. Uh, or is wow, that the I title of this? Uh, no, War of the Chosen. That War sounds of the a bit. Chosen. War sounds of the right. something. Uh, yeah. So, anyways, I don't remember the DLC name for two. One yeah. of the DLCs for XCOM Two had bosses that were reoccurring that w- yeah. could randomly pop into any battle mm-hmm. and screw your entire game up. Yes. So this has that too. Like the bosses that you fight get away at the end of the fights and then they can jump in on any mission at any time and turn any mission into just a slugfest, Mm. um, which is frustrating a little bit and challenging, but it's also, you know, it's fun because, you know, you're playing as superheroes. You want to be punching. sense for that. Yeah. Mm. You want to be punching each other through the walls and stuff. Like that's what the game is. Uh, so the challenge is still there. Uh, they, for Axis games, typically difficult. They handle the difficulty by, uh, scaling it. Like you choose a difficulty at the beginning of each encounter and the more difficult you choose, just the better rewards you get. Okay. That's cool. So yeah, I feel like it's designed to be a little bit more accessible. Like they're not trying to beat you down quite as much as, Mm -hmm. um, XCOM does. But if you want to really get sweaty, then the option is there, and they will reward you with more things for doing yeah. that. Um, so I, I bumped it up a little bit. Uh, I, I like mm-hmm. to challenge my brain a little, so that's kind of fun. And uh, really, they just the kits that they made for each hero really, really work for what those heroes are, and that's kind of cool too. Um, like Spider-Man's flipping all around the arena, hitting multiple guys. Yeah. Wolverine has healing in between his turns and he can like go into berserk mode. Um, you know, all the things like Iron Man ha- has like an abil- abilities where uh there's a redraw, like you're you're always allowed to redraw a certain amount of times uh every hand if in case you don't like your the hand that you got. 
Mm-hmm. And if you redraw Iron Man's cards, it adds an ability to them, and then you don't get the redraw. You like kind of spend the redraw to upgrade oh. the cards a little bit. Okay. So, and then you know some heroes have passive abilities that are different things, but it's it's really cool. I have like nine out of the fifteen heroes so far in my campaign. Oh, that's a lot. And um, I'm really pleased with like it's just been really fun to try everybody and like i'm doing side missions just so i can play with everybody do you have to uh, do the thing like in XCOM where like if you don't use a person they fall behind in experience uh so i think as your main because you also create a player character yeah and there's Mm -hmm. like as they level up um it will pull up the lowest level of some of your people like okay. I don't think they can fall too b- far behind. It won't that's just good. upgrade everybody. Yeah. Um that's good. So that's one half of the game is these combat arenas. Um mm-hmm. the second half of the game is Fraxis's typical spinning plates uh management stuff. And mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of people have talked about this part like they, they don't like it. Uh and I'm actually going to say that I'm a big fan. Um, they put you in this monastery basically. And, um, your whole team is like living in this monastery dealing with this, uh, it's kind of a Lovecraft. It's like a Lovecraftian, uh, like Salem witches trial kind of thing. Yeah. So the team's living together and they have like a social media, uh, Superlink thing where they're all communicating and it kind of works how Fire Emblem works where you're walking around and talking to individual members of the team in order to uh, build relationships with them and those relationships then make them stronger in combat. Having tea with Wolverine. Yes, that's correct. That's exactly how it works. Yeah. And uh, so it's neat because I think it's a good way to present the heroes uh, there's some good, like they included some of the Avengers here, like Iron Man, Captain Marvel, Dr. Stranger here, but like mm-hmm. most of the heroes are the Midnight Suns, which is like Blade and Ghost Rider. And there's a girl named Nico Minoru and, uh, magic. They're like less serviced Marvel heroes in terms mm-hmm. of like the, uh, the movies and stuff like that. And yeah. so it's a, it's a good way to. Like, give you some familiar, but also be able to just do new stuff. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, that form of storytelling and or character development where you're, like, having conversations and conversations and conversations with these people, a la Mass Effect or mm-hmm. uh, the Marvel Guardians of the Galaxy game to, to draw lines. Like, that stuff works really good in-game. Like it just is a, I I don't want to say it's easy um, for a game to tell stories that way, but it's easy to get invested in the characters with that much interaction with them. If that makes any sense, sure, yeah. And uh, like a lot, there's been some complaints about the writing, but I would say the bad writing is really only in like the relationship builder parts where they're like having tea and stuff. Yeah, like in the normal conversation stuff. Like, that stuff is all written for the character as the character is telling their backstory and all that stuff. So that stuff's all pretty mm-hmm. AAA standard, you know, good. It's not, I w- it's not like, 
going to win awards for how great the writing is, but it's <laughs> it's definitely serviceable, you know, and it's not something I would uh, ding the game for. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it ends up being, uh, like, a pretty fun experience. The, the stuff outside of combat um, is kind of the thing where you get in this routine. Like, there's a day-night cycle. Right. And every day you do one combat scenario. And so you kind of wake up, you like move around the the monastery, you collect uh, all these different things, you go upgrade whatever resources you had collected on your last uh, mission, you plan out your your like you build your card decks for this next scenario, you upgrade your people, do whatever, do your training, then you go into a combat scenario, do the combat scenario, come back from the combat scenario, all these like dialogue options have opened you go play out the dialogue options to build your relationships then you go to bed and do it again yeah um so it's like it's just really it's just a good loop like for axis they nail the like uh, i just want to see one more like Mm -hmm. it's not as immediately um addicting as like a turn by turn civ game or like how the day cycle happens in uh, XCOM, like while you're okay, two right. days to research this thing, right? And then like, okay, I I need to jump into a combat scenario because I just got these special grenades. I gotta see how it works. It's not as like immediately addicting as that, but mm. it's it's very it's it's very close. And the difference really is they're just delivering more narrative in the um, like the parts that aren't combat scenarios. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's like more. Co- there's more character building and there's more like actual story uh and then there's a whole like option to explore the monastery grounds like for when you get sick of the gameplay loop a little bit too like they have a nice little metroidvania style um really like yeah you're getting an ability to open areas and then then you uh so it's not like an amazing map but you know i have enjoyed like there's a little mystery to this Cthulhu God thing that's running the whole show and you're kind mm-hmm. of uncovering the mystery of your own player character which just so happens to be the son or daughter of the God that oh. <laughs> that you um, that was awakened at the beginning of the game and so you know you're coming across journal pages and and like different story bits that tell who he or she is and uh like just the whole experience i think works really well and those parts in the monastery like really really affect the parts in the combat in mm-hmm. a way that like makes the whole package just good and uh i'm playing a lot just to play like there's story missions that i am able to do but it kind of just gives you like randomly generated um side stuff like to get resources Mm -hmm. and like i'm doing that a ton just because it's like you know i i enjoy the combat and i enjoy this loop of of getting everything and upgrading everything and like i'm not really pushing through the story very hard because you know i'm i'm enjoying it so that's that's a success i would say yeah and that's uh, good yeah, it's just like I think it's illuminating to me 
Like I just enjoy the, I get jazzed when I do a good move in, in that <laughs> turn base. Like I'll be like, I'll like shake my hand. Like, like <laughs> I just get excited when, yeah. when I, you know, I feel like I play a card play and it, and it works out perfectly. And you know, the, the animations are fun. They have like all these like cool slow-mo like attack like stuff. Oh yeah. Like kind of like, XCOM where it might zoom in on a shot yeah, on something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except every like every every card is a different ability and or attack. So they have every card has its own right. presentation. Yeah. So your your heroes look really cool and like then all this all the stuff you're earning to dress them up with like is all shown off really nice in the in their little cinematics. So it it just makes the whole thing kind of yeah kind of fun and. I think that game's awesome. I'm excited to play more. I bought the DLC season pass, so like they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna pump out heroes for it. And oh, okay, yeah, that and, makes sense. Uh, I'm excited to play more. And and the other thing is, uh, I'm excited for XCOM three or the next Firaxis game based on ideas and things they have done in this game. Like I think the next one will have yeah. have things in this that like improve that experience too. So that's that's cool. And, yeah, that uh, would be cool. Um I I would like a new out of combat thing. And yeah. um I never really thought about like making it something that you actually like physically explore um with like Metroidy stuff would be kind of neat. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool like uh Essentially, it's like a haunted grounds, and yeah. you—they have like these little combat trials that you—you you have to beat the trial in order to get the ability to open that type of thing. So you'll come across like a cracked wall, and I—I I know I can't get through the cracked walls because I don't have the ability to open the cracked wall yet. Yeah. And so like then once I get that, then I'll have to come back and and really what you're exploring for is there's like crafting resources all over. There's like little hideout spots that you can take your teammates to that like boosts relationship. Yeah. There's um chests that you if you open the chest it's basically uh like aesthetic upgrade stuff. Mm-hmm. And then there's recipes for the the crafting materials which give you either like cards to play or um like how to craft certain resources to, you know, upgrade things or different things like that yeah so it's cool the the way the upgrades work um for the the heroes is that you are gaining cards all the time Mm -hmm. and when you get duplicates of cards you can kind of combine those cards to upgrade them okay so like the the upgrade is kind of randomly generated for your heroes too but it'll give you like a choice of like five cards and then you choose two of them and so yeah. you can kind of control, like, oh, I want to make this move stronger, or, oh, yep. I don't have any of this move yet, so I'll choose that one. Mm-hmm. And and they do a really good job of just constantly, constantly giving you stuff, which is kind of why I'm, like, not pushing forward in the story so fast, because it's just, you know, it's doing the Firaxis fun, thing of, like, constantly drip-feeding you new yeah. stuff to play with. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so that's that's good. It's sweet. Yeah. I have it on my wish list. I'll check it out someday. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I bet I'd be surprised if you didn't like it, honestly. Yeah, I just wonder, like, the out-of-combat stuff, like, because I just don't really care about Marvel. Yeah. Like, if it, if it would really hook me. Yeah. Because um, I was thinking about that with, like, Fire Emblem Three Houses. I was like, well, I don't know anything really about Fire Emblem. I've played a couple of them. So, like, why it did I care? bother you at all in that. Why did I care about doing that in Fire Emblem? But then, on on the other hand, that's because it's, like, its own unique like property i guess and yeah. it's like kind of just like watching an anime yeah um so yeah i don't know i i that's why i wasn't immediately interested obviously mm-hmm. like we talked about so mm-hmm. um but yeah i'll try it someday i mean all the all the other stuff sounds cool so yeah yeah i yeah. think like the thing with with marvel is that if you're not invested like some of the collectibles in the environment, like when you're finding journal entries and it's mentioning, oh, I mess with this character. Like you won't, yeah. you won't know what that is. But like, I am not. I like Marvel. I have a decent. I would consider myself a decent knowledge of the Marvel universe, but yeah. I don't get all those references either. And mm. it's similar to like, you know, when you're playing God of War and you're finding all the lore in God of War. Like, I mean, maybe you do have a in-depth knowledge of Norris mythology and like you know when they're talking about all these things you know how those interact but like I it's cool to just see that they drew those lines and like I don't necessarily need to know the exact comic book story arc that they're referencing when they when they put that line there for it to either work or not work and I would say like in terms of the characters and stuff like it doesn't matter that they're Marvel or not Marvel like I just think they're your character is not a Marvel character. You build them right. specifically for the game. The right. the mystery that the game is with the um the Cthulhu like god stuff like feels like a good Marvel detour. Like it feels like it could be Marvel, but it doesn't it's a it's a cool elder god like Arkham horror type thing that's happening. So I've enjoyed that bit of it. And then it just feels like a normal place for these Marvel Marvel characters to be playing in. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm biased because I don't look at it that way, but I, I just think that, like, unless you're like, I hate Marvel, I think there's a lot there for you to, for anyone to to grasp on to. Yeah. Anyways, so. Yeah, I wouldn't say, I definitely don't hate Marvel. It's just there's so much of it. Yeah. <laughs> feel like I can't escape it. I think, and I don't, like, and I don't even like look for it. You know? I think there's like an it's it's a it's an easy way to get people invested without having to do a lot of groundwork, which is like a lame yeah. thing. Like like if you have a a rudimentary knowledge of who Iron Man is, they can write an Iron Man character to be a specific way. Like he can be angry or or sarcastic or whatever, and like you will recognize that because you know you fundamentally have seen a few Iron Man things and mm-hmm. like, instead of them having to deliver this from the ground up character that you right. have to kind of learn about, they can kind of just lean on, well, everybody knows this guy. So it's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's lazy in one way, but it also means that like you get to see a new take on the character and you, you don't need to do the the research kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think also one of the like really good things about the newer 
era of XCOM though is it's making your own everything sort of. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, I agree. I had a blast with the head cannon of, yeah. of, uh, of that, all that stuff. But I will yeah. say that the player character that you make is this like un kind of undead hunter that they wake up from. She's like 400 years old or 800 years old or something. <laughs> okay. My, I did a girl and okay. the way she interacts with the Marvel characters is fun because you get to see the Marvel characters, but you also get to kind of choose your own dialogue and like make your own player character. And yeah. uh, I think she or he, I guess, whatever you choose, is pretty cool and well written. And like I've enjoyed them. Like they are the one that's tied to the whole Cthulhu mystery thing. Mm-hmm. So like that is kind of kept separate from the Marvel characters in a way that doesn't makes it doesn't feel like they're trying to deliver the the known Marvel movie experience. Do you know what I mean? Hmm. Sure, and, yeah. uh, like I created a girl, like this curly haired girl, and she's just like eight feet tall and jacked and it's, <laughs> it's hilarious. And you know, the, your player character gets all the healing and stuff. So yeah. she's, he or she, I keep saying she, cause that's mine, but it's a support character, which like you will take on a lot of missions just so that you have, you know, you have someone to be able to heal. And, mm. and so like the whole dynamic of that is really well thought out and. I think it's pretty cool. It works. So you definitely are missing some of that XCOM create your own thing, but yeah, it's still, it's still good. Cool. Yeah. Um, do you, should, should we get into this? Let's get into it. I, so Let's, like I have, 10, what you got right off the bat? Well, I have, I have two honorable mentions. Honorable mentions. All right. Um, and they, these are, one of them is coming in hot. I these literally are your just, not so top ten. Yeah, top these are tens. my these are my not. Yeah, yes, from twenty twenty two. The one I literally just finished today, um, and I really wanted to finish it because it's getting talked about a lot on on a lot of the shows that I follow, uh, and I didn't want it? to be spoiled on it. Yeah. Um, the case of the Golden Idol, uh. which is like a PC only adventure game sort of not really like a classic adventure game but uh it is often or multiple times this year i've heard it compared to the return of the obra din which we both love like that really good game that gets the thumbs up golden yeah i think obra din punish recommendation absolutely i think obra din is on like every platform now so definitely worth checking out it's a really good mystery mystery like deduction thing um and an an incredible experience and so case of the golden idol got compared to that a lot because you're you're playing as a i guess a detective they actually never explain who you as the player are which is funny and and bothered me the whole time well you're not Um, a detective in oberdin either you're an insurance guy you're an insurance guy in oberdin which is really good and it's and it makes it it Oberdin is so good because everything is like really well thought out. It's really tight. And like case of the golden idol, it's like, I'm, I don't know what I am. (laughs) I don't know what I'm doing or why this is happening or what, but essentially you are a detective, uh, and you're looking at static scenes, uh, cause it's a 2d game. It's very ugly. (laughs) Um, the, the art style is on purpose and it works for the game, but I didn't love it, but I loved playing it. I had a really good time playing it. I thought the story was funny and I, and how it 
unfolded and everything was great. But essentially, you're just looking at static screens and clicking Which on kind of how a lot of adventure games work, right? What, what, yeah, I mean, different from any adventure well, game. Well, in the in like classic adventure games, you're like trying to put items on things and combine items, and you do move through spaces usually. Where yeah. like this is literally you're looking at just static images, and like it's with it's a moment in time in this mystery where you are there's like people standing still and like slightly animating but it's like something just happened and you're trying to figure out what just happened in each scenario and there's a whole bunch of things and they get really complicated and you can move between different screens like you might be outside of a building and you can go into the building and see what's going on inside the building at the time of this occurrence and almost all of them let me think all of them involve a murder. So, like, somebody died. <laughs> or multiple Spoiler. people died on this on each scenario. And you're looking around each screen and clicking on things and grabbing information and literally collecting words. And by collecting the words, you're building this, like, inventory of words. And then you have to fill in, basically, like, a picture... Um, mad libs like just a blank sentence where you fill in something you collect these words and you have to fill in a bunch of different ad libs like that and they're like all different personario and they explain you're trying to solve what happened by gathering information through those words and what's happening on screen and who has what items in their inventory and whatever and it's really like it seems really complicated but it it's amazing how well it works. Yeah. Like, and it's, it's hard. Like there were a few times where I had to like walk away and like turn it off because I was like, I have no idea what to put where here. It's very hard, but, um, I figured it all out and it has a hint system. If you need it, I luckily got away with not using any hints. Cause when you go to click it, it's like, think about all this first. Like if you don't, yeah, it's trying to encourage you, know, you not to... Uh... It really wants you to not use the hints, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, parts of Oberdin, it's like you're looking at a scene and you're trying to figure out how who died in what aspect and whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, It's similar in that regard. It's like each scenario you're just looking at, here's this situation with these people involved and how did this person die, basically. And it was great. I thought it was awesome. Um, like presentation aside like it was really fun i had a blast it was like yeah it was great i thought the story was really cool like it was really weird um silly i would call it like why didn't it make your top 10 um as we go finish it too too well i was looking at my list and i was like i wouldn't replace anything on my list with it so um so that's why it's just getting an honorable mention uh because i did like it a lot i thought it was great and and like people people Praising it in Game of the Year stuff this year is like Makes you appreciate it. Yeah. It's totally valid. Like it's a it's a really neat thing. Um and you know, just made it made me appreciate Oberdin even more, funny enough, (laughs) because Oberdin was made by one guy and it's like an incredible experience. And this game was like a normal team of like indie team. Yeah. You know, and it has, you know, some flaws, but it's still really cool. So, and it's and di- it's a little different too. Like it's slightly different than Overdin. Mm-hmm. Um, so, 
Case of the Golden Idol, only on PC, but could probably run on like the a laptop you've had for ten years. Wishlist so. it. Yeah, and it's cheap too. I think it's like fifteen dollars. Um, took me six hours, I think, to beat. Uh, but yeah, that's a great game. And then the other honorable mention, which just got kicked off the list this morning, was Scorn. Nice. Yeah. I, I agree. I'm a, a Scorn's not in my five that I wanted to talk about, but I thought it would be in your in your uh It was. It was my number ten, but I finished something else that is now my number ten. Scorn is uh interesting experience, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I'll explain uh, why it got kicked off, I think. Okay. Um because we we haven't talked about it on here since you finished it. Since you scorned, nah, yeah, we haven't. I um, I don't have a lot to add to what you said about it when you when you play. Yeah. I think some of the puzzles are frustrating. I, yeah. I guess, and yep. like I feel like it's on purpose, sort of. Pro- probably. Like yeah. I think they want the game to be a slog. Like the whole thematic uh, context of what you're doing is is. <laughs> punishment i yeah. mean the game is called scorn which is yeah like if we looked up the webster definition it would be to something with punishing yourself something like that it's I, like having yeah it's it's like being angry yeah at something pretty much so well yeah there yeah so the rough edges of the game i feel like are there on purpose um, and I did experience like a few things, like one boss I had to play a couple of times annoyingly because of the I design of the boss. Yeah. But, um, overall experience wise, it did crash my computer a lot. <laughs> overall experience wise, uh, I think that game is, uh, I don't want to say must play, but like you should look at, you should look into it. Like it's, it's worth, a, it's a yeah, thing. It's, yeah. It's a thing that you're not going to get anywhere else. Yeah, uh, it's a thing that think... has stuck with me. Like I, yes. rem- I will remember that experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's, I think it's awesome. Like, like really, it's just cool. Yeah, and and you know, thorny parts aside, like when we talk about uh, video games, and me personally, any medium really that I'm digesting, like books or comics or movies like i appreciate the experiences that are trying to deliver something that is not like it's it's not an homage or it's not it's like its own thing do you know what i mm-hmm. mean and yeah. scorn in that aspect is like <laughs> it a is committed, entirely it's, own it's thing. a committed we want it to be this thing and yeah. and they deliver that unique uh unique experience and i would encourage anyone with an inkling of of interest in that at all it's on games pass uh to, yeah, to check that out and yeah. you know just just put on a helmet strap your you know it's gonna there's gonna be some bits in there that probably aren't fun <laughs> in like, more I, ways I, than one I don't necessarily think like it needs to be fun like you know you don't watch every movie to laugh or to right to you know what i mean it's just it's a thing that and it's good i I, uh scorn was good i I appreciate that being mentioned here the reason 
Um, so the reason it's not on my list, my number 10, is Immortality, uh, which I talked about last episode, I think. Um, it's the watch watch scenes from a movie and try and figure out what's going on in the overall sense of this actress's life. Mm -hmm. And um, I finished that. So (laughs) the designer of this game is Sam Barlow. And I mentioned he made her story and another one I didn't play telling lies. And like the way these games work is you don't necessarily know that they're done. Um, You're, you're kind of just gathering information and making the decision that you understand it. And then you decide not to play it anymore. (laughs) Interesting. Which is weird. Yeah, it's really weird. And so... No credit sequence. Well, okay. So because I knew that that's how her story worked, and I assume that's how Telling Lies works. I don't know. Yeah, you just kind of assumed that that was this experience We thought, yeah, like like we were going through it, and we saw some kind of ending in quotes, and I was like, I think we figured it out. Like, I think we know what's going on. And my girlfriend was like, okay, that's really weird. Like, how do we know? And I was like, well, that's just what this designer does, you know? And, but the reason I put it on my list is because I came back to that game because I wanted to see more. I wanted to like dig through more of the footage because I think it's an incredible piece of work. Like they wrote three movies and acted a lot of the scenes out and, on top of that, the actors are acting in the video game. So, like, there's, like, behind the scenes of the of the yeah. movies that they're making. So, like, they're acting on multiple layers, and it's all really well done. Like, it's yeah. really cool. And a lot of it's, um... A lot of it is, like, behind the scenes of how things are made. Like, how movies are made. And, mm-hmm. like, how you act and decisions you make while acting and how they get the shot. And, like props and planning and rehearsal and table readings and like all this stuff that like goes into film that you don't really think about too much all of that is like represented in that game in like a really cool way and it's and it's really fun to just dig through it and see what happens and like on top of that the reason the game is the reason the story is interesting is really weird it's like a really weird mystery thing cool um that I can't say I fully understand walking away from, but I did see credits. Like there is a credit sequence to the game. Um, yeah. And I, I just saw that today, like this morning. Also, I finished golden idol this morning and then I was just fucking around in immortality and I saw the he, credits. So he did a whole bunch of work for this episode. Ladies and I gentlemen. did. I did. And, and I was sitting there like after we talked about it, like my girlfriend and I, cause we were going to play it again. And I was like, well, I think we finished it. So I don't know. Like, if we should do that anymore, but I couldn't help it, and I did by myself. And I was, like, just really appreciating what it is. Like, it's just such a unique experience, Um, and it was really fun to dig into and just see. Experience. (laughs) Yeah, experience. And, like, I really, really recommend it. I think it's awesome. Uh, It reminded me a lot of, like, David Lynch stuff, and I love Lynch. So that's like one of the reasons I'm probably really putting it up on a yeah. pedestal is because yeah. it gave me that experience because David Lynch like doesn't make anything anymore. No, he he so. any David Lynch I feel like gives you an experience 
and he doesn't he doesn't communicate to you what the no. experience is supposed to be or what it's supposed to mean and you are supposed yeah. to take from that yeah. what you take from that it's like it's like art like if you go to a picture if you go look at art in an art gallery like there's no you know you are you are the one that's participating in that you are the one that's taking from that thing yeah uh, and then then that's kind of how Lynch at least in my opinion does his work so yeah totally and yeah and like that's sort of the theme of immortality yeah i could see that yeah and it's it's really it's really good uh so that's my number 10 it's on pc and xbox game pass and weirdly it's on netflix on your oh, phone cool. <laughs> the netflix game app it's only on phones <laughs> for for netflix so um Highly recommend it. Uh, go ahead and do number nine. I only have five things, so we're gonna, okay, you're gonna so do we'll two do and then I'll way. do one. Yeah. Okay. Um, my number nine is Vampire Survivors. All right. See, <laughs> I, I knew we'd hit all the ones I wanted to mention. Yeah. The be- the best bang for your buck game this year, and and the biggest sleeper hit, I think. Yeah, I mean, technically, it came out. In this last December, oh no! But everybody went 1.0 this year, really. So it we did. Could, we could say we could say that we could say that's that. true. But also, it was part of the quote conversation in 2022. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I played a lot of that game. Thought it was great, and I started playing it again on my phone because it's free on your phone. Sweet. And it it's a little awkward on your phone, but it works. And if you haven't played it yet, you might as well just I, download it. I get into Vampire Survivors thematically like okay. you're battling hordes of the undead yeah and you collect weapons and these weapons help you battle these hordes mm-hmm. and so the weapons are like garlic and a magic yeah, so wand good. i mean it's literally castlevania the king, the king james bible and yeah. like all these things and it's just it's cool to me to puzzle out thematically okay the garlic pr- puts an aura around you so mm-hmm. oh yeah the garlic you, they smell the garlic they're there so I just I, I like that about it's really game. good it's yeah it's it's really good it's really well thought out uh good on that guy that made it as a like joke kind of and it turned into a successful product extremely successful <laughs> yeah very successful year. product yeah the so, game this year yeah that's battle hordes nine. of the undead with vampire survivors yeah all right, so I'm going to give five games. These aren't any specific order. They're just games that uh, I I believe need more lip service that I appreciate at the end of the year. Okay. So this is the Whip Punish Games cast, which means that we have to cover some fighting games. We do. <laughs> We'd have to. And I want to say, disappointingly, the year of 2022, none of my friends purchased a fighting game this year to play with me, and that hurts my heart a little bit. I didn't, Nope, I didn't. So I have three games here that I put a little bit of time into, and I believe all three of them at least deserve some lip service. The first one, Capcom Fighting Collection. Oh, right. Uh, Uh Capcom themselves put this collection out. They did a bunch of their arcade games, put rollback netcode into it. Um, It's like Vampire Survivors, some of the more... Uh, yeah, Dark Stalkers. Yeah, Vampire Savior. Because which is Vampire the Japanese Savior, name yeah, yeah. of Dark Stalkers. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. It, so yeah, yeah, yeah. But good clarification. Thank you, host. Um, 
so, so there's that. There's some of their more obscure um, mech fighting games. All all these things. Capcom Fighting Collection. There's uh, cool little museum bits in there. Uh, I wish I had someone to play with. Just throwing that out there. Um, <laughs> DNF Duel is is the next game. I put about 15 hours into DNF Duel. Uh, interesting design-wise, it's based on Dungeon Fighter Online, which is popular in Japan, I believe. And it's um, a mobile game, I think. Mobile game. Uh, yeah. So they took the archetypes and made fighting game characters out of them. Mm-hmm. And it's like a 12-character roster, maybe one or two more, one or two less, something around there. And uh, the thing they did was they made all the special inputs for the cool moves that you do in the fighting game very easy. So it's like mm-hmm. instead of having to do a quarter circle and then inputting the special button, you're just pressing forward or pressing down and putting special. Mm-hmm. You still have some meter management in there, resource management. Uh, so it was interesting to go online with this. Essentially, in training mode, even the scrubbiest of players can kind of do all the cool stuff. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it has some auto combos in there. So what happens when you go online with that is the people who are nasty at fighting games are immediately so nasty at the game. They can, they can use yeah. those mechanics way better than someone who who uh, normally wouldn't, I guess. Yeah. And so it, it turns out to be the easy fighting game is one of the hardest experiences online. Online. <laughs> uh, but the art style is cool, and it, the special moves they give you in that game are like ridiculous. Every character is insanely overpowered. Yeah. Uh, so it's fun. It's a fun slug fest fighting game. Like you can just rip, um, half health bar combos into, into your super move and like kill somebody with, with no problem. Yeah. And, uh, I think that game has a five character DLC coming out. At some point this year, like they at the end of the year, they did one update. So, um, I still think it has some legs, but it was like one of those games that dropped. Everyone played it for a month, and then yeah, like everyone that's on there now is is killers. So, uh, that's DNF Duel. Uh, it's an Arxis game. They have the typical Arxis uh, uh, art style, art style with the with the anime looking two um, D fighting. So that's cool. And the third fighting game, which oh, hold on, I gotta look at my list. What is? It? I can't think of what it is. Uh oh, my head. It really made an impression. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. Uh, the third fighting game that I want people to play with me that no one will play, and the matchmaking sucks, which is why I haven't played it that much. Is KOF fifteen? Oh right. Yeah, I forgot. Um, I forgot King of about Fighters that. is like beginning of the year. Yeah. Uh, it has. The thing that I appreciate it about it is while all these other uh, fighting game developers are like pushing towards accessibility and simplifying move sets and things like this, things like that, KOF uh, kept their old school arcade style inputs that are hard to do, and uh, essentially they made didn't make the game more complicated, but like they kept all the legacy. Um, difficult things in the game so if you play Mm -hmm. kof 15 uh you're essentially like 
playing the legacy version where they have added new stuff and new stuff and new stuff and new stuff into the games as they progressed. It's like you can mm. go back to KOF 12 or whatever, and like you should be kind of good at that because it's the same inputs, the same uh, yeah. me- meter management, things like that. So they just cleaned it up with graphics, uh, some of the tag systems, and and uh, it, it's a really cool game. It has some unique movement. Like it doesn't feel exactly like Street Fighter because it has, has some roll hops and some different jump arcs that you can do and things like that. Mm-hmm. And then it's... It's a team game, but it's not a tag team game. So you have to learn right. more than one character to use. And like the characters, as you defeat them and defeat the team, they get more access to resources. Like your first guy has less resources than the second guy. And then the third guy has the most resources. So like there's some team comp um, strategy that you that. can do. And uh, yeah, so hmm. like it, it's it's cool. I, I like the idea of learning three characters. Like I, I think that's cool. The game launched with like forty five characters <laughs> yeah. on the yeah. in the roster, which is unheard of. Mm-hmm. Um, they've probably put out twenty DLC characters since the game launched. Uh, so it's a it's a cool it's a cool experience. And like KOF is a legacy fighting game franchise. Like that goes all the way back to um, it's SNK's version of Street Fighter, essentially. Like mm-hmm. you can you can trace the character archetypes like it has their own Ken it has its own Ryu and like different things like that so it's it's just fun to see and like graphically I think it has a a cool clean look to it um and uh, I I like the idea of King of Fighters is basically like SNK which is a, typically a fighting game developer it's like their smash kind of where they take characters from all the different like franchises games made. Yeah, yeah games they made and they put them into one so there's you know if you've played any any SNK games there's like Samurai Showdown characters and there's Final Fight characters and there's Mark of the Wolves characters and uh, yeah. that's really cool and um the matchmaking has not worked very well since that game launched. Like it, it does have rollback netcode, but like for whatever reason, uh, you either are waiting like minutes at a time for a match, or it's like when you get matched with someone, it's like they haven't ever picked up a controller, <laughs> or they're like fifteen years of KOF, and there's like it's not good at m- matching you with people that are at least near your 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 skill level so that you can like kind of learn the game, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So uh it kind of stinks. I think they're adding crossplay to it which should help um should help that, but yeah, that's my three that's my three fighting games that nobody played with me <laughs> in 2022. <laughs> Sorry. It's all good. Um so should I keep going then? Mhm. Is that okay? Uh, number eight is Citizen Sleeper. Cool. Um, I think that that was like s- relatively recently that we yeah, talked more about recent on the show. Episode. I think the last, it's, if it's not the I last, might have been the last the one, one or the one before. That. Yeah. Um. So don't need to reiterate too much there. You can listen back, but really like that game. Thought it was um really interesting. Good story. It it. I said before it had that one more turn experience because like all you do in that game is make decisions during a turn. (laughs) So like with dice and that part was really fun. I thought that 
I thought managing the choices that you're making to see the story to completion was really cool. Um, I think the, the soundtrack's good. The, the look of it is good. Um, just overall a really, really cool experience that I definitely would recommend. Um, I I think I said also before it would be it would have been nice to play it on Switch. That would be a really good yeah. like pick up on the go kind of game. Um, yeah. Not something you necessarily need to just sit down and dedicate a bunch of time to, though you can. I mean, I did that, but yeah, it's like reading a good book where you have it's like a choose your own adventure good book kind of. Cool. Um, yeah. Uh, the next one is. Hold on, my phone went to sleep on me. Must not be that impactful. Well, so I think like you, you're not wrong in saying like this year was like fine. Yeah. Um, the next one, number seven for me, is Tunic. Okay. Um, I liked Tunic quite a bit. It's not perfect because the combat is like fine. Yeah. Uh, and it wasn't, you know, why I was playing that game. The reason yeah. that game is interesting is because of the instruction manual stuff, the weird secrets. Uh, I mean, it's a, got Pan- a great the, aesthetic. Yeah, yeah. Great music. Panoramic view, but that's not the right word for it, is it? Panoramic isometric. Word. Isometric. Yeah. I'm talking about yeah, how, I mean, it, how it does, like, the thing where it's like a miniature that you can kind of spin the map around. A diorama kind diorama, of. Diorama, that's what yeah. I'm looking for. Not panorama, diorama. Yeah. Yeah, I mean everything surrounding that game, like the the big hidden secret thing that you that I had to look up how to do because holy shit, um, it was all awesome. I think that's it's a, a game really... I would have liked to have gotten to this year. It just didn't yeah. work out that way. Yeah, I think that's a really cool game. Definitely think you should get to it at some point. Yeah. Uh, also has a good soundtrack too. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, should I keep going? Is that, uh, was that two? That was two. Okay, back to me. Uh, f- I'll throw a game in here. Uh, released in the summer. Uh, TMNT Shredder's Revenge. <laughs> yeah. I talked about it quite a bit, probably when it came out. Um, it's kind of just an update on the standard beat-em-up arcade formula. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's good. It's a good modern beat-em-up game. Uh it's the Turtles in their glory days of the 90s. Uh, the mm-hmm. cartoon, specifically the cartoon version of them. Uh, there's fond memories that I have of playing the like Turtles in Time and Turtles Arcade and stuff. And actually, mm-hmm. those games get represented in a collection that came out later in the year, um, which I have, I have but haven't got to play around with yet. Yeah. But uh, Shredder's Revenge is, is a good game. It's... Um, it just scratched that beat 'em up itch that I that I have. I've, I've typically have one or two beat 'em up games on my my top ten <laughs> uh, at the end of the year, and like uh, Shredder's Revenge definitely did that for me. Also has a kicking soundtrack. Um, yeah, it was nice. fun to play at co op. Yeah, yeah, it is fun to play co op, and it yeah. gets it's crazy. It could, you can get up to four players co op. I think it does more than four players. I think I think six? online it's like six or something. And which getting is the crazy. enemies bouncing around the screen is is a blast. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's, that's a good one. Yeah. 
and it's cheap. Like I don't, I don't think it launched at more than twenty bucks. So uh, yeah, check it out, Shredder's Revenge. If you're a fan of the turtles or you're a fan of beat 'em ups, that's a good one. Cool. My number six is something I played a lot for a good bit of the year, and then I haven't touched recently. But Gran Turismo Seven. One of the best, one of two games, but one of the best PlayStation exclusives. Nice. Uh, I'm glad. I'm glad you're giving it its due. No one talks about this game ever. Yeah, because racing games are like so specific, niche genre. Yeah, and then but I feel like Horizon does get loved though. The simulator racing games are even more specific. (laughs) So, like Gran Turismo is very much a dry experience. Uh, and it's all about, do you think cars are cool, and do you want to drive them on real-world tracks? Also, here's some history of cars. And here's history of cars, and yeah. So, like, it's it's that, and it's really cool. It's really good. It's ready to and nerd out a little bit on They made on some really nice free updates to that game as it went on. Uh, they added a bunch of tracks. They added a bunch of cars. They changed fundamental, like experience things like i i think i complained early on when it came out that it's kind of hard to get credits in that game it's kind of hard to get cars and because they want you to grind a little bit and yeah you can technically buy the currency so you know uh pessimistically they want you to spend money on it too but they added features that were in previous gran turismos over the course of you know the last year basically where like now you can sell cars because you get duplicate cars sometimes, and uh, so then you can just get a good influx of money like that, and um, it's just it's a really really good car lovers experience. Um, I don't like driving in real life, but I do really like driving supercars <laughs> in video games. So, um, that's sad. You don't like driving in real life. I hate driving in real life. <laughs> what if it was like at a track? Would you like it more than I uh so Gran Turismo this year, like playing it again after not having played that in a long time, I was starting to think like should I look into doing that? Like cuz it it would be kind of interesting and there are like small local tracks for stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And there's like a whole scene in the world in general, and kind of what Gran Turismo is based around, is like car enthusiasts that drive that race their cars at race tracks. Fun and fact: I think, I think that's a really like neat community that fun you like never hear about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, fun fact: my buddy that I work with, he bought a Camaro like two years ago, like a brand new twenty twenty two or whatever twenty twenty one Camaro. And one of the things they offer when you buy it is like this package deal that you pay, I don't know what it is, 20 grand, 15 grand or whatever. They fly to Vegas. uh, They put you in the souped up version of the car that you bought. Oh. And they basically teach you like how to drive professionally for a week or so. And they give you like timed, like you get this. So, because like typically if you'd buy that car, you're not going to be. You don't get a chance to do that. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, you're not going to take it on the road and then go 200 miles an hour in the car. Right. Yeah, right. So, um, yeah, he he. I don't, this doesn't really apply to what we're saying, but he he did that, and he wants to go back like every year. He's like, it's it's so well, fun. It's yeah. It's, uh, I mean, there there's a 
Like it's stuff that you just might not even be aware of. Like where mm-hmm. we, where you are now, mm-hmm. where we grew up, there is a racetrack very yeah. close, and I'm yeah. pretty sure they do amateur stuff. Yeah. So like, and I and I want to say our uh, an old high school friend of ours is involved in stuff like that. Like he's very into cars and and takes them to tracks and like meetups and stuff. And like, that's just a thing I never even considered. Mm-hmm. And like all of those, like all of the beginner race type things in Gran Turismo are essentially that it's like yeah. somebody that has this specific car that falls into this specific class. And there are other people that have that class and you just do time trials against each yeah. other. Like, and I love time trial type stuff. So like, yeah, I mean, in a, in a different life, it's probably something I could have got into. Because, yes, I would rather drive a car on a controlled situation than deal with other drivers. <laughs> yeah. I would look into it. I'm I, I, I'm pretty sure it's probably more available than you'd think. Well, I don't uh, have, to be able like, to... my car is, like, nothing. <laughs> I think you can, like, rent them and stuff, though. Like, they come with you the... Can uh... do, you can do, um, I know for sure, because, like, my brother-in-law has had, like, it's been given to him as a gift it's like an experience to like go drive yeah, like a Ferrari yeah. and a Lamborghini yeah. and whatever. Like you, you can do stuff like that for sure. Yeah. I think you could probably just do like souped up Honda. Like it doesn't even have, like, you know, oh, if you yeah. go to the go-kart track, you don't bring your own go-kart. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I, I'm, That's true. I don't know. That's I would true. look into it. Cause I, I think that they do have different experiences available to fit your budget and your, your interest levels. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's a neat thing. For real, yeah, for it, sure. it is neat. It's yeah. it's like this culture, this subculture that, um, you know, you you literally don't ever hear about. It's There's like, a scene for everything nowadays, man. There, there, yeah, absolutely is. Yeah, yeah, true. Um, so Gran Turismo Seven, real good if you have a PlayStation. It's technically on PlayStation Four, I think. Was Gran Turismo <laughs> Seven, your seventh game, seventh best game of the year. It was six. Ah, oh, dang. Yeah. Um, my fifth game of the year is Pokemon Legends Arceus. Wow. Wow. That's really high. I love that game. Um, it's awesome. It was great. It's the reason I didn't buy the new Pokemon because it's because the new Pokemon Pokemon itch was scratched. Well, and, and I absolutely love the open world nature of, and throwing shit in real time at Pokemon. Like they all need that going forward or I'm probably never playing one again. And the new one doesn't have that because it was being developed at the exact same time. Yeah. And I it's thought they more kept of a traditional some, I cut, thought they kept some stuff from Arceus, but I, I think I it's just an open much. world thing, which they did with Sword and Shield. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's the only thing. Otherwise it's very traditional. And like Ar- Arceus was really good because the focus was not on battling because Pokemon battling is not interesting to me anymore. It's very yeah. dated. It's too basic. It's for children. It's meant for children and they haven't changed it enough in 20, whatever years to keep I think, it interesting. I think Scarlet, is it Scarlet and Violet? What is it? Yeah. Scarlet. They, and Violet. It was one of the best selling games this year. Like, instantly. Oh, it all, they always are. Yeah, they always so, are. It sucks that, like, I don't, I don't think you're gonna get that change just because. I they, don't think uh, so either. Nope. They don't. They don't they care. Sell, the, they sell either way. And it, That's and it, a problem. It, 
and apparently Scarlet and Violet run like absolute yep. shit. And yep. Arce- Arceus kind of did too, but yeah. like part of that's the Switch's fault. But yeah, yeah. But anyway, the reason Arceus was good was it was literally a good way to make collecting things fun. Like yeah. the whole collect Pokemon thing. That's like the whole basis of the has, game has not collect been interesting about the Pokemon. Yeah, but in Arceus, it's like, oh, we're actually, like, researching them for the first time, so, like, yeah. we need to collect so many of them. And, like, that yeah. was just brilliant. Just brilliant. Love that game. I spent so much time with that game. So, I played a little bit of it, then I had my child and didn't play it ever again. Let me ask yeah. you this. Spoilers for any warning. <laughs> okay. Uh, the beginning of that game, it, like, you go back in time as your player character, like it drops yeah. you through this portal and then you land in pre Pokedex Pokemon world. Yeah. Uh, so how does that story play out? Is that any good no. with like uh, what happens or who summons you or anything like that? I don't it's even just... remember. Honestly, I don't even remember why <laughs> it's like uh, Arceus who in Pokemon lore, Arceus is just capital G God. Okay. I'm pretty sure. Uh, brings you to that region to I don't remember why I don't remember what the problem is you're you're like stopping a calamity I think but I don't know why the calamity was going to happen the whole that that generation of Pokemon I think it's the third generation which is the the legendaries in that generation are Palkia and Dialga, and it's about time and space. So it's like one of the more heady <laughs> like yeah. settings and themes of Pokemon. And so I believe in Arceus you have to you have to unite time and space because they can't exist independently. Otherwise the world will fall apart. And so like, and so like, yeah. So the, the clans in Arceus way back when there's a clan that worships time and there's a clan that worships space and they don't like each other. Yeah. And so you're like, you're part of some like third party arbitration thing where you're trying to unite them. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's as far as it goes. And I don't even know if that's right, (laughs) but that's what I think it was about. Um, I don't know, but it was really fun. Uh, I actually thought towards the end, some of the, some of the battles are decently challenging like to, to do. And that was also welcomed because Pokemon games historically, it also had easy. some like real time stuff where you're dodging attacks and yeah. different things like that. Yeah, there was some yeah. cool. There was some cool additions to the formula in that game for sure. Yeah, the reason I like that game is everything it does that is not traditional Pokemon. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Great game. <laughs> uh, a game for me that I believe didn't get enough lip service. It didn't at the time it was released. I haven't listened to a lot of end of the year wrap ups, so maybe they're doing it justice now, and you can correct me. But the game is Horizon 2 Forbidden West. No, I've barely heard a thing about Horizon. I didn't Horizon. think anyone would talk about it. And yeah, I think, I think it got eliminated sh- on some things like really fast. I think it's a shame. Um, 
I think it's a shame that that game isn't celebrated more. Yeah. Uh, I myself am, am a little bit guilty of like not, not giving it the flowers. I think it deserves mm-hmm. like looking back at the experience. I think that in, in just about every way, it's a better game than the first horizon. Okay. And that's what I need the, to hear. The first horizon got overshadowed as well. Mm-hmm. Like that game didn't get the flowers. I don't think it deserved at the end of the, at the end of the cycle. Like it's kind of a, it's definitely like a shining example in the PlayStation library, but also it just is not that heralded as a classic no, game. Not. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, I don't know like what it is. I can't pinpoint what it is about the game that like the, the it's the reason that that happens. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like the only thing that I can like, uh, speculate is that it, it adheres to the open world formula of stuff on a map, uh, yeah. where you're doing points. But I also think that we get like an Assassin's Creed game every year that does that, and those games typically get talked about at least some, like more than Horizon, I would say. Yeah. And and so it's a little bit confounding to me that uh, that it doesn't really get the you know get the love that it that it should get. Yeah. Uh, um, as far as my own quibbles with the game, uh, I think that the narrative in the like I like the first game better. Well, I'll say that. Oh. Okay. My my experience with the first game it's it's a little bit like you know I don't know if we talked about this with Mario Rabbids on air or not, but like the the second game is an improvement on the first game, but the first game impacted me more. I'll say I'll say that. Yeah. Um, and. Part of it with Horizon 2 is, like, I had that game... I was in the middle of playing it when I had my child. Yeah. So, like, my play sessions... I can remember playing before and after the kid, and, like, it's it's a little bit broken up. I lost a little bit of the momentum um, yeah. in the back half of the game. So, that is, you know, an unfortunate circumstance, but, like, good, I had a kid. Like, it's not, a, it's not an unfortunate yeah. circumstance that I had a kid, but just, like, in terms of the game... Um, so there's that, uh, I think they double up on like systems and I think that your hang up probably and some other people's hang ups that I know of Josh exclusively, like the systems weren't the thing that brought them to the game. So adding more is like, well, now it's more tedious. Mm -hmm. Um, and like, I felt that a little bit. Uh, I do think the game offers an insane amount of accessibility sliders to kind of tinker with that. Mm-hmm. And like Josh was a proponent of playing on an easier difficulty. But like to me, part of the specific experience of Horizon is that like they want you to be targeting specific parts yeah. for crafting mm-hmm. and for like. Like, if I'm going to take this T-Rex down who has this laser cannon on his forehead, I need to get rid of the laser cannon before I can do anything. Yeah. And, like, I feel like bumping the difficulty, you're kind of losing that. 
like, and then it's the combat is just like shoot your arrows at the thing, which is not interesting. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the solution is. Uh, like I definitely felt the, like you're constantly stopping combat mid roll, like to pull up the crafting menu and to, which was my issue, switch to the arrow. Yeah. Um, and like your, your little wheel of weapons now, like is segmented like three times more than it was in the first Mm -hmm. game. Like there's (laughs) it like, so you're, you're flicking through like way more elemental um, specific things. And, and so it just gets more, there's just more, more to manage, which like, I don't, I don't know that that's good, but it also, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. It just in execution, sometimes it can get fumbly. And they did a, uh, the game looks insanely good. Insanely yeah. good. Uh, yeah. But in in terms of gameplay, that update in graphics also affects the gameplay a little bit because now there's like more texture on the map that you're hitting and colliding with as you're trying to roll. And mm. it, it, it makes the climbing jankier and different things. So, um, in terms of like what we expect from the next game, I'm curious to see if they like double down on are we gonna go more? Or are we going to <laughs> This map is two times as big as Forbidden West. Yeah. Because like the writing, I think, and like the side stuff, like it does justify like even the collectibles, if you do like oh, you need to get these six things for this guy, like uh, that's a standard collectible mission, I would say. Yeah. Like you finish getting all those collectibles and then this thing happens to the map that changes the map completely for the rest of the game. And you're like, wow, that was kind of worth, like, that was cool. Yeah. Like I can remember some of those things. They stand out. Yeah. And so the writing, which there is a lot of, like you are constantly talking to these characters about the world in order to understand more of the world. Mm Mm-hmm. Which, like, it all justifies itself in a way that makes it feel like it's worth doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. But but it's a lot. Like, it's, uh, I don't know. It's this weird It's this weird conundrum of, of it's, like, overwhelming. It's, like, a little bit of the Assassin's Creed problem for me. Like, it's just too much stuff. Yeah. Uh, but, like, none of it is is necessarily lacking in quality. It just It just kind of creates this experience that's, like, and and I think a lot of people probably felt it was cyberpunk too. Like what we talked about where it's just like a lot to, to juggle and get, get invested in and parse yeah. and, 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 but I think it's a shame. I think it's awesome. I want to encourage you to play it, at least try it like just to see the, Oh, I will. The, uh, it looks insane. Um, yeah, I definitely will because, um, one of the, one of the things with days gone, I was just thinking the whole time I was like, why am I not just playing Horizon? Yeah, yeah. Like that's there, what I was thinking when you told me you were playing. Yeah, there, I was like, "There's no reason I should be putting time into this over, over Horizon." Over that, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I will probably play it sooner rather than later. I think I already said that once too. I just haven't got around to it. But yeah, I will definitely play it. Yeah. Um. Will I finish it? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. 
Yeah, it's just unfortunate. I mean, I think it sold well, so like it doesn't matter. But yeah. just critically, yeah, you just don't hear much about it because um, it came out around the same time as Elden Ring. <laughs> I think if you like, kind of just mainlined it and stayed to the main trail uh, of that game, the way that it cuts across the map, which is the western part of the United States, mm-hmm. is really cool. Like you go from like desert locale into like into the west and then into California and the way the locales change um is like a real it just looks really nice and it's handled in a way that is like and then part of California is underwater so you kind of do some like water stuff and then you get to the outer bits of California which are like more foresty like, yeah. like redwood forest uh so that was a cool um it feels like an Assassin's Creed game a little bit where it's like a, a t- uh you recognize this this location, except it's like it's a sci-fi version of, of the location. Yeah. So I kind of yeah. thought that was neat. Um, and, and you would definitely experience that even without all of the map point-to-point running uh, checkboxy stuff. Cool. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm like still looking forward to playing it. Yeah, that's good. Um, I just was worried you want to you want to be you want to be ready for like like i feel like it's the kind of game that could beat you down if you're not um yeah if you're not ready for the experience that's good that you're you're waiting to recognize that you yeah i like i didn't i didn't want to be overwhelmed by all the stuff yeah but like i also know myself like in the modern Creed games, like I spent a hundred hours in Valhalla and, yeah, and, and I was doing a lot of the dumb, nothing collectible stuff. <laughs> so, yeah. so like it can work for me for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like the combat in Valhalla free, is not I, good. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's yeah. interesting. I don't know. Yeah, it's just certain things. Like, do I if it's it's if do I just want to experience this world? Then I will spend a lot of time doing it. I think the world is the best part about Horizon. Yeah, I mean that was like, what I liked the most about the first one. Yeah, and so. I, and and uh, beside the mystery, which you kind of already know now, mm-hmm. um, which was a big driving force for Discovery in the first game, like yeah. They don't have that as much in the second game. I still think it's really cool to like, you know, they're still doing the thing where uh, all these different tribes of people have have co-opted ancient bits of technology and formed religions around them, mm-hmm. or or mm-hmm. like so the world experiencing the world is is like one of the best parts of that game. So that yeah. that's good that you would be looking forward to that. Yeah, it should work well. Yeah, I'll probably I mean, I'll also, definitely play it next year for sure. Also, you get to ride. You get a mount right away. You are oh, cool. you are riding a metal horse immediately. Good. Across across the Forbidden Wests. Good. <laughs> in the in the opening titles. Nice. You're riding you're riding a horse. So that's that'll scratch that itch for you. Yeah, good. Um Speaking of PlayStation prestige titles, my number four is God of War Ragnarok. Yeah, baby. Um, higher than I feel like 
you would think with how I talk about that game. <laughs> but I did really like it. I thought that's it was a, great. I feel like that's a you could say that about any game with well just your nature. Yeah, I guess. It depends. But yeah, I thought I thought that game was great. Um I don't have a whole lot more to say because that was last episode. Yeah. I, I, I got a few and things. You've played had, more now, yeah. I just started it. Um, I probably got 25 hours in now. Yeah. Uh, it might have been, like, if I had to pick a game of the year, I might have, like, put this there. I just didn't feel like it was fair for me to be like, this is for sure my game of the year. Yeah. Uh, without having finished it and yeah, like, yeah. without being able to marinate on... Like, did I enjoy that experience? Uh, mm-hmm. But I will say that I appreciate, uh, I think that game is better than the original in mostly every way as well. Mm. Um, I think it. I think the fact that it started you out at the beginning of the game with all your stuff from the first game oh, is yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah. And like, I played that first game all the way I did everything I did all the combat challenges I did the hardest part of the game so I immediately jumping into this felt powerful and as it's adding as it's adding tools and stuff to use in combats I'm getting more and more powerful that's extremely satisfying uh in terms of like I am the god of war like I'm <laughs> um it feels good po- good power fantasy uh fulfillment there um, but like beyond that, I think it just feels so good to play. And like, that's really what it comes down to is like you hit the sprint button and he is immediately like taking out the blocks. Like he's sprinting so fast, like getting around the map is, is so snappy or like you like grapple a point and he's like, shoom, boom, right on to the, right on to the next point. There's like no it's like the opposite experience of cyberpunk 2077. There is no like, hmm. uh, latency really in anything that you do. And, um, it just feels, it feels good. And I appreciate the, the respect of my time. I feel like that, that oh. like I can just, uh, I can just like move around and get here, get there so quickly. It's funny. You say that with all of the, climb this thing really slowly and well whatever th- there there is that is a quibble that i do have i feel like you can there's feel, so much of that i feel like you can feel the uh they designed it for they made it playable for ps4 yeah which means that you have to duck through this cavern and lift the rock to get to the next area of the map and it's a mm-hmm. shame that they didn't take advantage of the like <laughs> quick loading because uh, like the, it doesn't need to be there on the ps5 i mean i don't know anything right. about game development but i i don't i think it's there and they wrote dialogue for those little sequences yeah so they could hide the loading bits in the older version of the game and then like they're in the newer version of the game or the yeah. nicer version of the game because they designed around them do you know what i mean the ducking under the rock is my favorite example because you could Kratos. Everybody could just climb over it every time. It's really? not that big. Yeah, it's not that and big. And you, of a man- rock. you mantle things, anyways. All you the time mantle today. over stuff. You jump up things. Like the fact that it is this barrier that they have to go under. Yeah. When it's like six feet tall. Yeah. 
is amazing. Every time, every time I went under one, I was like, this is so stupid. Like nobody, <laughs> nobody did, nobody stopped and was like, we should do a different barrier because this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. That's the only one I can point to like that. You're talking about the one where he like lifts it up? Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's not tall. If you see next time you see one, look yeah, how no, not tall. Yeah, I know exactly. It just, it's like leaning there, yeah. and you could kind of just cop over one yes. side of it. He yeah, could just yeah. jump up. It, it's also leaning. Yeah, it's at an angle. Yeah. They could just go yeah. over the short side. <laughs> like, it's, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it's it's like it's a it's a minor quibble. I'm not I'm not like I don't notice that as I'm playing. Well, I do notice it, but like, yeah, it's not a hurting the experience really it just yeah is like a... i got it it didn't really hurt it because like i wanted to hear the characters talk to each other yeah yeah but like the the climbing stuff was you know like it it's just an unfortunate reality and i think i i don't know if i said it on the episode or if i was just talking to people off air but it's it, it makes the game feel old like, yeah, you, yeah. It, it feels everything about it feels old the climbing that I doesn't bother me as much because I still feel like I like the uncharted climbing thing a little bit in terms of like I think, how to move around a game world. I think I like it in Uncharted because that's primarily what that experience is. Where in God of War, it's kind of just like I guess we have to get up this surface. It's not like it's not like an Indiana Jones adventure or like whatever. Like I feel like that's a very critical part of uncharted where god of war you don't think about kratos being a climber i don't know i mean i kind of see what you're saying but also he was like even in the original he was climbing the big titans back and he was like they are an ex- sure exploration is a part of those games like you're in like i can think thinking of the sequence in the new one where you play as um but then but then also you have he has the blades of chaos where sometimes you just jump up a 40 foot cliff immediately. Yeah. <laughs> like there, so there's like rules broken by that sometimes. And it's yeah, like, kind of like yes. a patience thing. You just don't want to wait for it. Well, it's not a patience thing. It's, it's there because of PS4. Like it's, yeah. you do that because of the PS4. It's, it's another one of those loading things. Yeah. So, but like, there is some sequences where it's meant like you climb the big wall as uh right and that was cool like that yeah. was a cool like we have no other way to get in here right yeah. like we have yeah. to go up and like that was neat like that made sense so i guess sense. we're probably saying there's there's pieces of there's both of those things there's climbing for I feel like I can think of like little holes you're climbing down into where it's definitely meant to be like you want to feel climbing into the cavern to go fight the dark elves or whatever Maybe. Yeah. But God of War, good game. Uh, it is a good game. Yeah, it's a really good game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my, uh, my number three is Monster Hunter Rise because, yes, that did come out this year on PC, <laughs> which I, I totally did not think it did. <laughs> 50% of my video games this year is Monster Hunter Rise. I have a, Yeah, I have a lot of time in it, too. And like that spot or Spotify wrapped is what I wanted to call it. Steam wrapped thing. Like it, I was looking at it and I was like, yes, I knew like I was like 95% sure that monster hunter actually came out this year on PC. It wasn't last year, but it felt like, because I moved to this house that we're living in right now, like in February. 
and it felt like I played a ton of that game at my apartment, but I didn't in reality. I only played it for like a month or something at my yeah. apartment. And so like I just kept thinking, I was like, it had to have come out last year. And the yeah. DLC came out in the same year for PC and everything. So like Yeah. Yeah. But no, that came out this year. It's a great game. Put a lot of time into it. Didn't finish Sunbreak. Um, we got really deep into it, but we didn't technically... I mean, what is finishing a Monster yeah. Hunter game anyways, really? Yeah. I mean, we didn't finish all the, like, quests that it feeds to you, I guess. So, but but we did fight the, like, thing that's on the cover art for Sunbreak at least once. So I think I saw... And I saw a lot of the new monsters, so we we did a good bit of it. And I, it was and it was really cool. I feel like... I don't know. I was just gonna say you probably rolled credits with Sunbreak. It's, I don't know. I don't. Think I don't know what did. the end game for that is. I don't remember them. I don't remember. I don't remember credits for the DLC. Um, I just know like the first time you fight the like the vampire type dragon Malzano. Yeah, I couldn't. It was remember awesome, his name. actually. Yeah, it was really cool. It's that's a cool fight too. Um, yeah. I know I know after we beat it the first time it 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 had like new stuff still coming after it and they were yeah. still quote trying to figure things out about it so Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't think we finished it. So we might have I been really inc- close. I didn't include Moss Hunter in my my wrap up because I I figured you would. I knew you played it a lot. Mm-hmm. And I talked about it nonstop last year. I played Rise both last year and this year. <laughs> yeah. So I played the game twice. Um, I was a little disappointed with Sunbreak, honestly. Uh, really? I think it. Exp- I ex- well, yeah. In terms of like giving you new things oh, to hunt, I wanted to talk to you about this. Yeah, I was wondering if it's just because of how much you played it. Like yeah, maybe did it feel like? Did it feel like things weren't new? Because my like. That wasn't your experience? No, not really. I mean, you definitely refight a bunch of things through the, like, pacing of Sunbreak. Like, they force you to. But, I don't know, it kind of felt like we were getting newer stuff at a relatively decent clip. And, like, you know, some of the retreaded monsters would have, like, a new move. And they added, what, two maps with Sunbreak? Um, yeah, which, I like the maps. Which were the new maps to cool. They were new yeah. to me. I think you said they were in Generations. Yeah, they're in Generations, but Generations does a thing where it's a... The maps are separated by loading areas. Oh, right. Mm -hmm. So to see a big 3D version of the map that you can explore is kind of cool. Mm -hmm. Like, it's it's a new... It's it's the old map in a new way, which is essentially a new map. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say just with Sunbreak, and, like, this happened with original Monster Hunter Rise, is, like, I... I was spoiled by Monster Hunter World and Iceborne. Mm-hmm. And like Monster Hunter World was my first experience in Monster Hunter. It gave me this thing that, you know, I had this puzzle that I had to solve. And then when Iceborne came out, immediately they were like, Clutch Claw, here's a new map. And like Iceborne was a, a new game. Like yeah. the, the roster of monsters in Iceborne was mostly new with some of the variants of the old Monster Hunter world. And you could hunt the Monster Hunter world roster again. Like, so you essentially just doubled the size of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, Rise 
number one, used a lot of the world and old monsters. And then... And then... uh, The Sunbreak expansion... Like, didn't offer the same level of new things to hunt that Iceborne did. So it's it's unfair of me to, like... It's just... It was just an expectation versus what happened kind mm. of thing. Yeah. Um, I think... I think Rise's combat changes and Sunbreak's combat changes are worth... Like, they're it's good. I have no complaints there. Mm-hmm. I think the whole switch skill system that got added into... Rise is insane, or that got added into Sunbreak is insane. Like, I would gladly put another 100 hours in that, whether yeah. I have new stuff to hunt or not. Um, I just didn't get the constant, like, wow uh, moment one after another after another that I did, like, playing Iceborne. Yeah. And I just, uh, they're, they're there in Sunbreak, but I think it's, like, the newer Monsters to Hunt are like on the back end of the um the expansion a little bit and like they present you a lot of variants which yeah. is like cool yeah and like every time an old monster that you're hunting gets a new move it makes the game better so like it's not a it's not like a it's unfair i guess to say that there's not enough new things in there but like it just yeah i had an expectation and it it was it was a little bit disappointing is all Hmm. Um, it, I still played 200 hours, so it's not like I, yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? And yeah. I would play more. Like if you wanted to turn this off and play rise right now, I could jump right back into it and, mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah. And I imagine I'll go back to that game. Yeah. Still. Yeah. Me too. Like I'll probably still play it. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. It's a good one. It is um, a good one. Monster Hunter is a good franchise, bro. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to what comes next, which yeah, I'm assuming will be like World again or something. Um, I wonder if it's going to be an MMO. Oh, that would be interesting. Hmm. I don't know. I um, kind of hope not, but I feel like that's the. I feel like that's the next move. Yeah. <laughs> do you? Uh, do you have anything else? Or is that all? All of them. I have two more, but like they're just games I played this year that I don't necessarily need to spend a lot of time on. Okay. Uh, one. Um, do you you have top two, right? Yeah. Or three. Um, my one one game I want to mention here. I played a good bit of this year. Uh, Civilization Six. I already <laughs> spent time talking about for Axis turn based. Uh, yeah. Midnight Suns game. Um, Civ is good. The it's the most addicting one more turn game I've ever played. Uh, yeah. it's hard. It's hard to turn off. Uh, you're, you're constantly getting new things, new things to try, new things to explore. Uh, it's a game that I could go back to. Like we've started a multiplayer game on mm-hmm. there that I could, I would still mess around in. I would love to play like a six player Civ game. They're still adding, like they're still adding civilizations to it. Like that mm-hmm. game got DLC pretty recently. Uh, I think the music, all the world, uh, sp- like region specific music in that game is really cool. <laughs> um, says like learning about different cultures and, and, uh, yeah, I, I, just, I, I love the experience of, of civilization and just wanted to give it a shout out on my game of the year. Mm-hmm. That's all. And the last one I have is cyberpunk 2077. 
Oh, yeah. Um, which we've talked about pretty extensively the last two episodes. Yeah. Uh, it's probably getting, I think it's getting its flowers a little bit um, this year with the, I've seen a lot of people talking about with, with the Witcher update and everything. They're like, but you should play Cyberpunk too. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's some DLC coming for that as well. Um, a lot of the yeah, bugs are fixed. Yeah, that got announced at the Game Awards, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. A lot of the bugs are fixed in that now. So if you were waiting to uh, to jump in, uh, that's a rich world with good writing, fun characters. Uh, and I, I really, I think that world's awesome Like in terms of world building. like It is... It is uh, astoundingly crafted um, to experience, like, uh, is it Japan, I guess, kind of? No, it's, it's America. On? It takes place in California. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's L.A., huh? Yeah. But, like, it's the like way this, L.A., yeah. The way the way the things are stacked on top of each other where you can, like, go up buildings and, and mm-hmm. find stuff and then go out into the deserts and wind, there's windmills and all this. It's it's sweet. It's it's a, It's an awesome game, so. Cyberpunk 2077. Cool. And game of the year, as decided by uh, the Game Awards and Nick. I know what you're going to say. That's I'm. That's I'm. Uh, oh well, hold on. I got my number two. Uh, for, okay, sorry. Neon White is number two. All right, all right. Uh, fucking is that surprise! Surprise of the year for you? Absolutely. Yes. Does it, it beats out Vampire Survivors. Oh yeah, I mean, I think. Like, Vampire Survivors is a good thing, but, like, Neon White is, like, a brilliantly crafted experience. Like, so fun to play. All of those levels, so interesting. All the different things that you can combine to get through levels. An amazing amount of content to play through in that game. I liked the story. (laughs) I liked... Yeah, people hated like the dialogue and characters and stuff. But like, if you like anime, I don't know what there is to complain about. It's like just reading through like a visual novel manga I, or something. I have found my experience that I always, I always think that's such a common complaint. The story is bad, or the story, the writing is bad. And I mean, I, I wouldn't say pe- it was an amazing story, but I just think people don't. A lot of people don't play games for narrative like they don't yeah. care about that part and then we get that we get that common critic critics uh criticism and like i just don't know that it's always justified so i i didn't play neon white so i can't i can well i can understand why people wouldn't want to do it because like the gameplay is really good <laughs> like the yeah. the like running through the levels and shooting things and all that it's so fast and crazy and fun and it's fun to find yeah. whatever it's fun to find like shortcuts and stuff so like anything not letting you do that i understand why people wouldn't be into it because the best part of that game is the gameplay and so like as soon as you're like taken out of it it kind of feels like it's wasting your time a little bit because it's like, I just want to keep playing levels, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I liked it, but I wouldn't say it's anything really to write home about. Like, the story is not going to shock you in any way at all. Um, A lot of the characters are archetypes. So, like, it is fine. It's just fine. I don't know. I guess I'm just satisfied with story as thematic... uh dressing is is really what it comes down to and 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 funny enough i would say with neon white like the story 
it doesn't really align with the gameplay. <laughs> like okay. it like kind of does, but it's it feels like it's there because they needed something to be there. But there's a lot of it, so there's definitely intent behind it. It's just like it couldn't be a game where you're just going from level to level to level to level. Like they couldn't do that, I guess. But they maybe like went a little too far with all the in-between dialogue stuff. Um, and a lot of it is optional anyway, and they have the the understanding that you can just skip it. <laughs> like, you can just turn on a, a skip thing and it'll just, like, rip through it. And you don't even have to read it or pay attention or anything. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Neon White is awesome. I think it's really good. Uh, I played the hell out of it. I, I was... I, I had a doubly good experience because I knew multiple people playing it and we were competing and like that's how that stuff should work. That's what yeah. makes it really good. Like when a time trial thing has you have people to compete against with a time trial thing, it's the best. That's the best. It galvanizes um, the experience into yeah. one that is, is yeah. uh rememberable. I don't know. Memorable. Yes. And then it's like how did you manage to shave off a tenth of a second or a hundredth of a second? And then like trying to figure that out. And it's because I'm it's good, just man. Good. You just it's gotta just, get good. Yeah. It's just, that's a great thing. And I like crave things like that because they're so rare <laughs> in my experience. Um, but yeah, neon white is awesome. Convince a friend to play it with you and that'll be the best experience. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, but truly the best experience, is... the best experience of 2022 is Elden Ring, of course. <laughs> like I said it way back when, when we like were first talking about it, there was like no way it wouldn't be the game of my game of the year and seems to be a pretty universal game of the year. Yeah. Um, just astounding. Can't believe how much content is in that game, let alone how much worthy content is in that game. It's just astonishing. <laughs> simply. Simply astonishing. And on top of that, it's a good Souls game. So... Uh, Sucks I missed out. Like, all the end of your conversations, I just couldn't really participate in because uh, I know this dominates them and I didn't play. Yeah, like, I mean... I, I played horizon when this came out mm -hmm. um and then like i couldn't if i would have went right into Elden ring i would have played two games this year yeah so i mean looking at my steam wrap-up thing it took me four months to play yeah Elden ring. and and you're playing I was, pretty playing yeah, a lot i yeah. was playing it like pretty frequently and like you know, I had just moved in with my girlfriend when it came out. Like, literally, like, the day after it came out, we moved in together. And, you know, that you know that creates, like, a new dynamic of, like, when do I play games, whatever. And, like, yeah. I still put 120, 30 hours into that game. Yeah. So, like, yeah, you can look at my uh, Steam thing. And it's just for four months. It's just Elden Ring, Elden Ring, Elden Ring. Yeah. Elden Ring. <laughs> and I couldn't wait to play it. Just about every time. I think as I was getting towards the end, I felt a little bit fatigue because I was like, yeah. "This game's a little too long. 
there's a little too many things to do in it. But I wanted to do all of them, and I did yeah. just about everything I could do. Yeah. Um, naturally, too. Like I like the way that game works with the map. Having a map in a Souls game is amazing. Um, there's f- a billion fast travel points, so it's like easy to get around because that's not what should be difficult. Uh, yeah. Having a horse was awesome. It's just I can't like think of a negative. Other than there's a it's lot big. of things. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. it probably could have been two video games. Yeah. You know? So, um, yeah, Elden Ring. I mean, if for some reason you didn't get to it yet, you should eventually because it's damn good. Really it's damn awesome. good. Yeah. Yeah. And that concludes 2022. Thanks yeah, for being with us. Is over. Thanks for uh, going on this journey with us. Yeah. Is there anything you're looking forward to in 2023 that uh, you're going to play immediately? Game wise, um, I'm I'm just so bad anymore at keeping track of what is coming. But I think there's a lot of stuff coming out next year, uh, or like planned to come out next year, and big ones I can't think off the top of my head. Um. Because I doubt Death Stranding 2 is next year, uh, which we do know exists now, and that's awesome. Um, the only thing I have in January on my calendar is Dead Space. Yeah, like I didn't play Callisto Protocol, so I'll probably just play the Dead Space remake. <laughs> uh, Forspoken is also January. Oh, um, the new Final Fantasy is supposed to come out next year, I think. I and think sh- it's August. Okay, but yeah, I mean, I guess soon. I, I don't have anything off the top of my head. I mean, Street Fighters next year. That'll be June. That'll be sweet. Um, Warlander. Do you know what that is? Josh added that. No, I didn't. Uh, I didn't watch that trailer. I don't really know what it is. Hogwarts Legacy. Hey, if it turns out to be good, I could potentially be interested in that. Atomic Heart. Is that the? Hyperlight Drifter people. Atomic Heart is the Russian game dev. It's like a first person. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I forgot about that. Oh, I wonder, that's, speaking of first person, I wonder if Stalker 2 will come out next year. That's February. Hmm. They have that Woe Long game. You think you'll play that? Ninja Theory? Oh, yeah, maybe. Yeah. That's I really, March. I really should go back to Neo Two. <laughs> I did yeah. not give that game enough time. No. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like my calendar is pretty clear uh, for first bit of the year, so that's good. Maybe I'll get some of this stuff from this year that I didn't get to finish. Um, yeah, it's probably why I'll play Horizon soonish. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think you'll play the next Fire Emblem game? I don't know. Um... Have you seen anything about it? I saw I I didn't even watch the trailer. I just saw that it got announced. And I love Three Houses, but I didn't immediately go, "Yeah, I want to play that." So, I don't know. So, the trailer looks like they are bringing back like it looks like a little bit like they're bringing back characters from all the old Fire Emblem games hmm. to where like your roster of characters is like that, like Marth and yeah, 
and Claude, is his name Claude? Claudio. Claudio. I don't know. <laughs> I don't from know. Three Houses. Oh, okay, him. Yeah, yeah, okay. And like, not having played any of them except Three Houses, it's like it looks like a hard sell for me. Mm. And I too loved Three Houses. Like, it's kind of a disappointment almost. Mm. I must would have rather had them just do a new Fire Emblem game as opposed to make one that's like Fire Emblem Smash Bros. Kind of. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, well, I'll make that decision when it comes out. When it comes out, probably. Yeah. That's January. That's the that's the near, nearest nearest release, I would say. Yeah. Oh. I mean, I feel like I'm really slacking on Switch games. Like I didn't play much of Rabbids. I'm j- I'm borrowing Kirby from a friend of the show, Dustin, because I've heard nothing but good things about that on like my, multiple Game of the Year things. My nephews have like 500 hours in Kirby. I was looking <laughs> at their Switch profile yesterday. Wow. They got 500 in TMNT, too. Wow. That's a lot. That's crazy. Um, well, some of that is probably them, like, leaving the Switch. Yeah, probably. Like, they're kids. They're kids. Yeah. But they'll they'll collect the same moon over and 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 over. So it ain't like they're... Yeah. Yeah, they're kids. But pretty pretty fun to be getting your money's worth out of yeah. Dreamland. Yeah, so. seriously. Um, so that's cool. Yeah, I mean, it'll be another year of video games. Um, I'm looking forward to making more music. Cool. Yeah, so that'll be... I didn't know that was on the docket. I thought you Oh, yeah, we already uh... have, like, a lot. Nice. Yeah, we already have a lot ready for that. Mm -hmm. Like, already far along, which is nice. Um, Cool. So, yeah, that was uh, 2022, I think think that's gonna do it here i was hoping to be around two hours for this so that's good right on the money baby yep you must have did this before <laughs> yeah you'd think you'd think i have done this before <laughs> but uh yeah if you don't got anything else i think we're gonna say goodbye until 2023 no goodbye until 2023 and, okay. <laughs> and keep playing games yeah all right peace peace I was waiting to drop my line, but you like kind of uh, switched it up on me a little bit there. <laughs>